We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast, Episode 11. I'm your host, Randy Luna. And I am Corey Taylor. And this is the Spring Has Sprung edition. Spring has sprung. Barely. Barely. Yeah, I know. But um, sure didn't feel like it over Easter. Uh, no, it didn't feel like it over Easter. And it hasn't felt, it didn't feel like it this past weekend either. It was a bit chilly outside. It, it, it's been crazy outside. I mean, I, I really think I need to do a comparison, but I think March is going to end up being warmer than April. Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> I don't know. We're still only, we're not quite mid-April yet, so we still have some uh, April to go. So I'm I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that we're going to see some warmer weather. I know we will at the end of this week, so. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been quite a roller coaster ride. I mean, we've got these, I mean, this is the biggest chunk of air that just decided to come down all of a sudden and visit. And it's kind of Mother Nature's last little hoorah. And we then, hope it was last. Yeah, we do. And and then and it's going to go away. And we're looking at the roller coaster temps now probably by, I think they're projecting 80 degrees on Thursday or Friday. That's going to be some wonderful weather. I can't wait. But... But wait, there's more. But wait. <laughs> I was looking at the longer range models and... Uh, the strong cold front is going to move through on Friday, and those temperatures are going to go right back down. How how down are you talking there, Randy? Well, a couple of models are showing it could be slightly below freezing again. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that's still seven days out. I mean, models are fairly good, as we all know, at, at temperature. Uh, they kind of suck at at precipitation placement until you're right in that day or two beforehand. Yeah. Well, it makes me think makes me think of something. You know, this is April, and we're gonna have some really, really uh, warm weather, followed by some really, really cold weather. Something might just happen in between there that we're we'll, certainly hoping we might hit I mean, on a little later here. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I I think that, that the freak thing that happened that the freak thing is not really the cold temperatures that came down on Easter. It's what we've been talking about all winter, and you've even mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago. It's when the cold air. And that precipitation meet up. And that's exactly what happened in yes. this one. I mean, we got this huge influx of moisture from the west that just opened up the gulf. And then you got this big high pressure uh, overriding that. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have any ice. It was just snow and rain at that point. And, and some people were talking about huge snowflakes, too. I heard I heard some uh, and saw some pictures of some huge snowflakes. Uh, I could barely see out. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I looked out and it was starting to snow and I didn't want to get up and measure the snowflakes cause I was pretty tired, but, <laughs> yeah. but I could see it from my bed. So I know it was definitely snowing and the ground was white, you know, for a few hours when we got up that morning. So, yeah. And that's a good thing about April because the, we're, we're well past the, 
uh, spring equinox now, and the days are longer, the, the temperatures are going to get warmer, so any snow that does fall is not going to stick around very long. Right, and that's a good thing, because it's April, and I'm, I'm in summer mode. I'm getting there slowly, but I'm, I'm, I'm in summer mode. I need to, you know, uh, start wearing shorts, go to the pool. I'm, I'm ready for all that, and this April, it just makes me feel like we're in... I've, I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. It says, this is feels like January 74th. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that's about right. It feels that that that's twenty degrees, thirty degrees. How how cold did we get uh, over the weekend? I think uh, Springfield tied at twenty two. Okay, I saw our temperature here at the airport when I got up that morning was twenty three degrees. So wow, uh, that's pretty cold for April. And you can't you can't look forward. You can't put shorts on during you know when it's twenty three degrees. That's, no, and our average high is sixty or a little above. I mean, I, I haven't looked, but it's, we're, we should be in the 60s now on oh, the average. Yeah. Upper, shouldn't it be by now? Upper 60s, close to 70. I mean, it's somewhere. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, need to research that. Well, remember you did the hurricane research yeah. last year? Well, yeah. you can do the, the oh, normal okay, temperature great. research. Yeah, But, we, but we're going to be above <laughs> average this week on oh, temperature. Yeah. If we easily. get to 80 degrees, I mean, wow. We're basically going to have another roller coaster is what we're going to do. Yeah, but you know what that 80 degrees is going to do? It's coming right from the Gulf of Mexico, and we got this powerful storm system, a spring storm system that's moving in. So Interesting. Yeah, Friday's going to be... Interesting. Interesting, yes. Well, I mean, it's been a long time. We uh, have had we didn't have any hardly any uh, storms in March. Mm-mm. I haven't had many in April, really. We're due. We we are due. Believe it or not. And again, it's April. May is, I think, peak tornado. May's the biggie. It, yeah. But, but, but April can be big as well. Very yeah. true on Some that Some of the one. biggest tornadoes uh, that have happened in Oklahoma, uh, in the Catoosa area, in the Tulsa area, in, uh, I think, 1991 was uh, April 21st. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's time. Well, so we need to get rid of these these twenty degree temperatures. That's just nuts. We do, we do, and uh, hopefully, uh, maybe this weekend that'll be the end of it. I certainly hope so. We even had somebody on the site uh, earlier today was asking about if it's okay to cover up their lilacs, and so I did some research, and it's like, well, you can uncover them this week, but keep your keep your tarp handy. Um, the average of date of the last frost in southwest Missouri is between the 10th and the 15th, depending on where you're at. So we should technically be getting past the last frost. I don't know if I can trust this April. This April is a bit deceiving to me. I I don't have good feelings about the temperature for the rest of the month for for whatever reason. I guess that's, you know, the first of what the first of the month is offered. But uh, here's – I have a little guideline of planting flowers. Yeah, okay. And sometimes – I plant late, and sometimes I plant just on time because you just never know when it's going to freeze again. Wait till I see my first hummingbird, which usually comes around April 15th is when ah. I see a hummingbird. You know, so, my mother tracks that too, and she she has – my mother's the the excellent record keeper. She's been keeping records all the way back to 1980s or something. I saw wow. her calendar, and she always lists on there – when she sees the first hummingbird, sees the first this bird, that bird, and I should get that out. And next week, I'll I'll uh, have a list and read that for everybody. And she's in Springfield, so that we're talking. Oh, in they're coming up from the south. They come up from Mexico, and I I have some friends down in Waco, Texas. Uh, the Bagbees they they live down there, and they reported their first hummingbird about a week and a half ago. 
Uh, so, so they're on they're their coming way. Up. Yeah. However long it takes to fly from Waco to Branson by way of those little tiny wings. <laughs> hey, those those little they, birds can they, fly pretty fast. They sure can. They sure can. But but they don't want to fly where it's cold. So we'll see. <laughs> Did, have you seen the geese? I mean, you know, in wintertime, you all see the, the herds of geese or flocks of geese flying south for the winter. Have you seen any coming up north yet? I have not. I haven't seen any I haven't coming either. up. I haven't either. So if you're listening to this and and you know or have seen the geese or have information about birds, email us at stormdarweather at gmail.com. Now, when they're coming up north, I read an article. Uh, when they're flying south, they fly closer to the ground so you can see them and hear them. For some reason, when they fly up north, they, they fly pretty high up. I can't I, – I, they, they had the reasoning. I don't remember what that was, but I was surprised about how high they go. When they're coming back, interesting. I, I wonder why. I don't know. Maybe it's they they can they can fly and then they can glide all the way down and they don't have to use as much energy. I I really don't know how it works. But well, and and you know what? I'm just pulling this out of my head right now. But when you get into spring, you got really strong southerly winds. So maybe they're True. flying up there closer to you know where the they're letting the wind push them. Yeah, it's not the jet stream. Jet stream is way up there at 300 millibars. But, but yeah, and it's kind of gliding them along. So maybe that's it. Yep, possibly. We'll research that. Put that on your list of 50 things I'm to research. I'm going to be researching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're definitely going to be watching the Storm Prediction Center over the next couple of days. Uh, we, like I said before, we're going to have that 80 degree, you know, upper 70, it may not get to 80, but, but at least upper seventies across the entire region. And that's courtesy of the Gulf of Mexico, which has lots of moisture on it. And then you've got that cold front coming down and it's going to slam into that. You're going to have a typical spring setup with a dry line and I hope everybody knows what a dry line is. Do you know what a dry line is? It's coming through on uh, Friday. Yeah, but what a dry line is. A dry line separates the moist air from the dry air. That's why they call it a dry line. <laughs> <laughs> and you get that. You know, we've talked about the components of a thunderstorm. You've got you got heat, you've got moisture, and you got lift. And this storm system is going to probably provide most of that. And I was reading the, the area forecast discussion uh, just a while ago, and they said uh, there's still some things to be determined. Like, like, but the the GFS, which is our main model, and the uh, ECMWF, which is the European model, are pretty much in agreement that of placement and timing. Now we'll see if that sticks. Uh, I have not checked the Canadian model yet, and of course the medium range models that's a little far out right now. But but uh, if you get the two main ones kind of saying the same thing, it, it puts us in the category of something to watch. I like that, something to watch. That's exactly what we're going to do. You know what we're not going to do? We're not going to hype about it. We're going yeah. to take the facts, and we're going to uh, let our followers uh, know what we think is going to happen, what the National Weather Service and Storm Prediction Center is going to happen, uh, what they think are going to happen. Uh you will see a lot of posts on Facebook this week, probably hyping up this event because it's the first event in this area. Uh, in a while, yeah. They've had some major events down south, you know, with with some thunderstorms and tornadoes. But for, for us and for Oklahoma, uh, this is the first real spring event. So you're probably going to see a lot of sites start hyping it up this week, is my guess. Uh, mine too. And if you've noticed this past, like you just said, the past – month or whatever that storm track has way been down there arkansas mississippi tennessee 
Alabama, Alabama. Well, we've been up here hammered. twiddling our thumbs. Well, we're up here twiddling our thumbs watching it snow. Yes. <laughs> and and all of that, uh, which we talk about the jet stream, is going to be starting to lift up north, and it's slowly going to go north, and that's going to steer all these things. So that's why uh, we're, we've got our eye on this one system coming in. And the, the thing we need to tell everybody is don't freak out. Uh, when when we mention severe weather or tornadoes, we have a few people that are that that just freak out and think the world is going to end. Just a few. Yeah, and it's really not. Uh, if you look at the uh, at the area, if you got the entire Southwest Missouri, entire Northwest Arkansas, entire Northeast Oklahoma, and Southeast Kansas, that's a really large area of real estate. And if you get a severe thunderstorm, that doesn't even cover half of a county many a times. So so the, the to put it in a perspective. When they issue uh, a severe thunderstorm or tornado watch, or they highlight an area, that doesn't guarantee you're going to get a severe storm. It just means it's favorable that one could develop. It just means to be prepared. That's what it means. Yeah. And the bottom line, we can't do anything about Mother Nature. What we can do is prepare, know where your safe spot is, know where your storm shelter is. Uh, know your tornado safety rules. We need to review those next week. Let's, yeah. We'll make it the, the big, here comes a storm edition. I don't know. <laughs> Which we love. And, uh, uh, and like Corey said, we'll be posting a lot on uh, our site. We'll be posting maps and graphs and talking about the latest information. And something I wanted to uh, make mention to everyone we love it that you share our posts i mean we're going to bring you the factual information we're not going to hype it but really look at when that we did the post uh so an example if, if we made a post on sunday evening uh and people share it that's great but by monday evening we would have updated that and we see people sharing previous posts it's old information. Yeah, it's old information. Weather is very fluid, and and just make sure uh, that you you see what the latest information is before you before you share it. Because when we post the post, the uh, the date you know usually goes up to the top. If it's the same day, it says one hour ago, two hours ago, but later and the next day it'll say yesterday instead of you know, and then then eventually it'll just say that date that we posted. So yeah, look under our name; it'll say either a time or a date, make sure it's uh, still relevant. The information is still valid. Uh, when we post severe weather warnings, either a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning or watch, uh, we always put the expiration date or the expiration time. So uh, make sure uh, it's relevant. If it's nice and sunny and not a cloud in the sky and and that's the first post you see, you've seen in a while, you might want to look at that date because it might be an old post that's popped up because that happens. It, it, it does happen. And you probably all know how we post by now. If the weather is sunny like today, we'll, we'll update a couple of times a day. Uh, but when we get closer to an event, we'll update several times a day. Corey and, and me both. We get busy. We get busy and love it. Yeah. Love every minute. Uh, another thing that we've been noticing is, is people recognizing or failing to recognize the differences in winter type weather uh we uh we see some people uh saying it's hailing well it's really not hailing it that's called sleet it's it's the same thing it's a little frozen ice balls but but hail and sleet mechanically are very two different two different things Well, well everybody knows what snow looks like yeah you know then you have 
you know, sleet, which which is little drops of white ice. Ice balls. Yeah, and yeah. And, 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 and a lot of the times they aren't that big. Right. You know, just little bits of ice. Uh, there is another term called uh, grapple. grapple. I know, I love that, grapple, yeah. It would resemble hail a little bit more to me because it's just kind of a slushy you know, ice. It's not... Looks like the end of a Q-tip. Yeah, it's not full ice. It's it's kind of a fluffy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and melting on the way down. Kind of looks like what hail looks like when it starts melting and after a hard rain, but it's it's not hail at all. Yeah, well, and, and free, freezing rain. Uh, let me get a little explanation of it. This is going to lead us right into our next segment, which is stormed our weather school. Um, but freezing rain is liquid rain. That falls to us to the surface and freezes on impact. So it doesn't freeze on the way down. It freezes after it hits. So it's actually just rain that freezes fairly soon after it hits the ground. Exactly. We know we know what what snow is. Now snow retains its its shape. Sleet kind of partially melts. Well, I tell you what. Let's just get to the weather school. That'll explain everything for us. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. This week's topic is about a question we've been asked a lot about in the past few winters. It's snowing, but the temperature is 40 degrees. How can this happen? Oh, wow. What? Look at that. Look at Oh, it's sleeting. The roads are going to be slick later. Yeah. First, we have to understand the thermal structure of the atmosphere. In a vast generalization, it's warmer at the surface, and then it gets colder as you go up. Sunshine is essentially just radiation, and we know radiation doesn't react until it makes contact with something like your skin or the ground. So, when the sunshine makes contact with the Earth, the ground heats up, and that heat begins to rise. So, the heating of the atmosphere actually begins at the surface. On average, the temperature will cool about 3.5 degrees for every 1,000 feet you go up. So, for an example, if the surface temperature is 60 degrees, then at 1,000 feet up, it'll be around 56.5. At 2,000 feet up, it'll be around 53, and so on. Now let's put this formula into the winter season. Say the surface temperature is 36 degrees. So using this calculation, 1,000 feet up would be about 32 and a half, and 2,000 feet up would be 29. Precipitation usually develops above 3,000 feet, so even though the temperature at the surface is well above freezing, the precipitation will start out frozen and then melt on the way down. So, by the time it gets to the surface, it'll be in liquid form. We all know the atmosphere is fluid, so this 3.5 degree drop per 1,000 feet rule will never remain constant. We'll have cold fronts coming from the north and warm fronts coming from the south or whatever, which change the temperature of the atmosphere at different levels, and that'll have a big effect on what type of precipitation is falling. Sometimes a cold front will move in at the lower to mid-levels and drastically lower the temperature just a couple of thousand feet off the surface. This is the answer to how can it snow at 40 degrees. 
The temperature is well above freezing at the surface, but what happens is that strong cold front moves in and causes the temperature just off the ground to be as much as 15 degrees colder than the surface temperature, instead of that average of 3.5 degrees. Precipitation develops in the form of snow at those lower to mid-levels, but doesn't have a chance to melt before it reaches the ground. It tries to, but it doesn't have a chance to change back into a liquid raindrop. Therefore, the frozen, or at least partially frozen, snowflake makes it to the surface. This is rare, though, because conditions have to be just right in order for this to happen. And generally, when this happens, the snowflakes are rather large, sometimes to the size of half dollars. Of course, the snow will have a hard time accumulating with the warm surface temperatures, but it is really interesting to watch. One of the most devastating events in the winter season is known as the ice storm, and the thermal structure I mentioned before is actually backwards. For example, let's say the surface temperatures are around 28 degrees, but a strong warm front punches in at the lower levels from the south. The warm front will actually raise the temperature quite a bit just above the surface, but keep the surface temperatures well below freezing. Precipitation develops in the mid-levels, and then it falls through that warm layer and then melts and turns into liquid. That liquid rain won't have a chance to refreeze before hitting the ground. So, when the rain finally hits sub-freezing temperatures at the surface, then a thin layer of ice starts to develop. The heavier the rain, the greater the ice accumulation. The National Weather Service will issue a winter weather advisory if a thin glaze of ice is expected that will create slippery driving conditions. They'll issue a freezing rain advisory for expected ice accumulations less than a quarter of an inch. And the biggie is the ice storm warning for accumulations greater than a quarter of an inch. Any ice accumulations greater than a third of an inch could produce some power outages, and accumulations greater than a half an inch will bring trees and power lines down. A half inch of ice on power lines could add up to 500 pounds of extra weight. In perspective, a 300-foot power line that's one inch thick and coated with only a quarter of an inch of ice will add about 117 pounds of weight to it. Ice can increase the weight of branches by 30 times. I feel that an ice storm is one of Mother Nature's more disastrous events. Because if trees and power lines come down, then you could be stuck without a heat source for several days and virtually no way to get out. So if you happen to get under an ice storm warning, then you really need to take the appropriate precautions to be able to survive for possibly days without power or heat. Major ice storms are relatively rare, but they do happen. Another type of winter precipitation is sleet. This occurs when a weak warm front punches in at the lower to mid-levels and raises the temperatures just above freezing. So the precipitation starts out frozen, falls into that semi-warm layer, and turns to liquid, and then it starts to freeze again before it hits the surface, and takes the form of little ice pellets. Sleet is not hail. They're both frozen water droplets, but they develop very differently, and sleet doesn't get usually any larger than a small raindrop. The cousin to sleet is what we call grapple. They're partially melted snowflakes, 
and they're really light and look like little cotton balls falling down from the sky. It's rare that you would see grapple, but a lot of grapple makes for a fluffy accumulation. Well, I hope this explains how it can snow when temperatures are above freezing and rain when temperatures are below freezing. Winter weather is a mixed bag, and we should always be prepared for the worst, especially in an ice storm. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com, and in the subject line put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. So there. Very nice. Yeah, and, and people don't really realize the amount of temperature change with height in the atmosphere. Oh, just open your window in an airplane next time you're up there. It's cold. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> you probably get better pictures that way, you too. Might. You, you might. hang your camera out the window. Absolutely. And, yeah, unless you're on a... <laughs> or go skydiving. Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I don't think. Well, we've had quite a bit of rain this year. Uh, we have. We have. Uh Enough rain to actually uh, bust up that uh, big D word we don't like, drought. Yes, finally. I mean, I mean, we're not, I don't think we're in a surplus, but... We're I, somewhere in the normal range, I would think. We're not, we don't have a surplus of uh, too much or too little. Uh, now, we, we take a look, we say that now, but that could change, you know, at any time. Just take a look at this time last year when we had all that rain in March. Oh, yeah. Flooding rain. And we got all our rain in March. Well, we had a surplus last year. We ended up the year in, in a pretty good drought. I know. Mother Nature can't make up her mind. Right. It's like so, just, uh, just spread it out. Kind of, kind of like what's happening now. It's just, you know, give a little system. Give us some dry out time. A little bit more rain in dry out time. Absolutely. We're in a good place right now. I think uh, Northwest Missouri, you said, was still a bit dry up there. Yeah, the, I checked the drought monitor, and the only place that's officially in a drought now is Northwest Missouri, Kansas City. Uh, but it's just a slight drought. We're not talking severe or anything like that. Until you head out to western Oklahoma out there, they haven't had, I believe it's been well over 150 days or more since they've had a tenth of an inch out close to the panhandle of Oklahoma. So, you know, they're under constant burn bans you can't do anything with fire oh or my flame gosh. out there uh so dry and, and and they really need the rain uh oklahoma does get a lot of rain but it's it's always happening in the eastern half and not in the western half so you know interesting yeah well i you know and people people if you get under a red flag warning or a burn ban don't burn no <laughs> I mean, don't burn we'll probably be i mean it's spring. It's going to be windy if, in, and dry a few days. We probably see some red flag warnings in the next few months. So uh, don't burn. That's all there is to it. Don't burn. Don't even burn when you think it might be too dangerous to burn. Because yeah, uh, if you th if you have any uh, doubts, just don't do it because it's dangerous. You know, pe putting... People think think people think. Okay, well, I'm on my own property and and it's not that windy. I'm just going to, I got some, you know, my trash to burn or whatever. Well, one of those little embers gets out and sure. flies up. It doesn't matter. And up land. and over and into, into the trees or into some other farmland or property. Oh, yeah. Where the fuel stick values, that, that's a measurement of how much moisture is in, in you know, the, the vegetation. When it's just so low, it's going to ignite 
like that. I've been reading about some of the wildfires out in Oklahoma, and they say some of them were started, you know, by people tossing cigarettes out a car window. Uh, one was started uh, by somebody welding some pipe, and one of the sparks hmm. flew over. Oh man! Yeah. So yeah, anything is going to ignite. Ooh. Yeah, you don't want to do that, especially on those dry days. I mean, just just be careful and use common sense, really. Yeah, and if and if you uh, don't know uh, any better, then go back and listen to one of our previous episodes. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of them says, "Please don't burn." That's a really good yep. one to see. Yep. Um, we've been uh, having uh, just a few of our episodes uh, in the queue uh, of the podcast outlets. We are getting ready to be able to launch all of them, and you'll have access to all of ours. Hopefully, within a week. That's great. We'll get that going. So I think it's time for our new segment we talked about. All right. It's, here it is. It's the weather word of the week. Hey. <laughs> that was cool. I've never heard that before. Yeah, you've never heard that one before. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> it's uh, peppy. Yeah, peppy. Um, okay. We're going to do this each week. Take a word or phrase generally a word that's a weather-related word uh, that a lot of people don't know, and we're going to educate you with it. Well, there are a lot of them out there that people don't know, and I, I don't even know. I have to look them up, but... Yeah, I do, too. I mean, so, some of them I know, but I've, I've, it's been kind of rusty on it, but uh, today's weather word of the week is parhelion. Isn't that Greek? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the definition. Parhelion, an atmospheric condition that consists of a bright spot to the left or the right of the sun, and sometimes looks or like both. a small yeah, or sometimes look like looks like a small rainbow in the clouds. It's the official name for a sun dog. It is a, this yeah. morning, right here. I know. I thought that was really interesting this morning. Uh, our, our friend Addie Gaines uh, sent us a picture of a sun a morning sun dog. Now that's kind of. Unusual. Usually you see them in the in the uh, when the sun's getting ready to set, or it's in the lower atmosphere. Usually you see them when the sun's closer to the horizon, but uh, yeah, usually you see them you know later in the day, not in the mornings. Yeah, not yeah. Of course, I'm I'm really not up. Not know, a morning, morning person. No, I'm not a morning person. I'm a musician. You know, we I keep musician hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't think of when I've same one in the morning it's always in the late afternoon or evening so yeah and i and that makes sense to me that it would be more in the evening hours because that's when uh temperatures are starting to get cooler and then the air is starting to condense you've got the cirrostratus clouds uh and uh it's very interesting if you read up on it i would google uh sundog or parhelion and read up on it. I mean, conditions have to be exactly right. You have to have moisture in the air. The sun has to be, I think, at 22 degrees or 22.3 degrees. It's a specific, exactly. yeah, for this to happen. And when it happens, it's very, very interesting. Let me ask you this. Do you know why they're called sun dogs? I do not know. Well, nobody knows for sure, but speculation is because they follow their master just like a dog, and their master is the sun. Oh, that's why they they call it, they probably the Native Americans or or even before that the Vikings or the whoever uh, came up with that. But that's where they think it came from. The sun is our master, and 
they're the dogs obeying the master. Obeying the master. Yeah. On, either, on the right or the left. Right or the left. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love that. Well, you got anything else? Uh, I just, I'm kind of got my, uh, my uh, radar, not my radar, but my, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm Project? not too excited. Uh-huh. But I'm just a little excited about Friday. So yeah. about the storms coming through. A little tingly. A little tingly, but cautiously tingly. How's that sound? I like cautiously tingly because we're still five days away. And yeah, and a lot can change. Things can change. But to me, this is your textbook spring storm. So, and we're due for one. So you know. Yeah, that's why and, I'm... and what what you know, like we said before, what we always watch. See the Storm Prediction Center. Watch those things. Uh, yesterday. They outlined an area, and uh, today they have pretty much exactly the same outline, uh, and it's a 15 percentile, which means they're really keeping an eye on it. And 15 percent is, you know, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, just 15 percent, but being five, six days out, it is a lot for mm-hmm. in severe weather world to me yeah. that they're mentioning, hey, six days away, there's a 15 percent chance of severe weather. That's pretty high. You rarely see more than a 15% chance that far in advance. I mean, yeah. sometimes they'll go up to 30, but usually it's a 15 when they really think something might happen. Yeah, and that could warrant uh, even a slight risk at some point. Correct. Um, yeah, if if they would go to 30, those are the two categories on the long range. If you get a 30, we're talking... You're talking some potential. <laughs> moderate potential. to high risk of... Yeah. severe weather yeah and and we're not we're not saying that's going to happen nah. and again we're just watching this spring storm system it could could turn out to be kind of a dud actually it, you know it's a very good chance we do get we get excited it's the first big outing of the year for yeah. severe weather for us as like i said earlier everybody else around here they will be uh hyping it up a little i'm sure and 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 that's fine that's what they do they're excited yeah. Uh, some of them go out and chase those storms, and that's what they do, and they like it. We try yeah. to uh, we try to take all the information and all the hype and break it down, give it to you straight, what we think is going to happen. Yeah, and if you have any questions at all, message us on Facebook, send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com, and... And and ask your question. We're here. We love answering weather questions. If you got another idea for like weather school, email us or message us then. Um, what, what, before we go, I wanted to, to tell you, I've got the Storm Prediction Center up. Uh, this 15%, we didn't tell where that 15% is um, on day five. It pretty much covers all of southern Missouri, all of Arkansas, the kind of the southeastern sliver of Oklahoma, northeastern Texas, and northern Louisiana. Uh, Right now, the Miami, Oklahoma area is not in this, but they're right on the edge. But Springfield, Branson, uh, West Plains is right now. And, you know, this is day five. We're five days out. So let's let's just keep watching it. Watch our page, and we'll we'll let you know the skinny on everything. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Want to? Sure. All right. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. And always, you can contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>